to hair wrong, they're wrong. I'm listening to hair wrong, from hair wrong. I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we in the house for episode 116. Hey, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. So, uh, you been watching anything interesting as of late? Yeah, I caught this uh, dope-ass Korean movie called um, Space Sweepers. Okay. That shit was pretty lit. That sounds interesting. It's, uh, yeah, it's about, it's like, um, uh, in, in the year 2092, <laughs> uh, you know, Earth is pretty much garbage M- much like um damn why are earth always garbage in the future man because we're not taking care of it now <laughs> damn i mean it's a good answer good answer so it's the earth pretty much looks like it did in the latter parts of um uh in not inception what's the one after that where Matthew mcconaughey goes into space and shit with his daughter interstellar that's the one so Earth pretty much looks like it does in Interstellar. It's pretty oh, much like a Dust wow. Bowl type deal. Okay, yeah. And um, this company called UTS built like a satellite in space that's very similar to um, Elysium. You know how oh, they have like wow. the Eden, Eden in space. That it's like a halo Eden. ring around. No, they actually have the, this guy's an asshole, and he actually his, the satellite is has an actual sphere. So oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, they do have a ring, but that's like the elevator to get them up into the space thing. But anyway, the the movie's name comes from the fact that uh, there's like factories and shit in space that they're where the workers work on the shit for the space for the UTS space station, and often space debris goes flying around from all the garbage that we've left in space. So space sweepers pretty much collect that and sell it for for so space debris. For, exactly, for that's help. basically what that that job is. You're basically a space pirate that sells debris, and um, the show follows the the main that makes you a uh, scavenger, pretty much. Pretty much, but um, the 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 main character, uh, I believe his name is Teho. He's pretty dope. Um, but it, it's actually pretty interesting. I focus with the movie. It, it feels like a kids movie because the MacGuffin is this little girl that they introduce as like a fucking what did he say? She's a hydrogen bomb. Do not be fooled. It is not a girl. It is a highly it is a highly advanced machine capable of destroying millions and shit like that. Wow. So. <laughs> So when uh, 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 the main cast is introduced, I mean, to inconspicuous her, casing, it makes sense, right? And everybody bought it. Everybody was like, even when um, there's a robot on the the main uh, crew of the the main character's ship is called Victory, and the main character is the pilot on the ship. And there's a robot on the ship because you gotta have one. That's that's actually what sold me on watching the movie was I was watching the trailer, and his name is Bubs, the robot. He's like walking on the um out on the hull of the ship, and he's got a harpoon, and he started harpooning on the other spaceships. And I was like, I'm watching this. I don't even know why he's doing that's that, but gangster. I'm watching this. So it was it was funny because everybody the min, the minute she she was basically the um the icebreaker to to the entire crew. You know what I'm saying? Because the crew is pretty much like the main character. He's down on his luck. He's been on this like emotional mission for like the last uh, like two years. And he's like, when you're introduced to him, all he cares about is money. I mean, spoiler alert a little bit. You end up realizing um, he his adoptive daughter died. She got sucked out into the vacuum space. And they have this service that allows you to track them 
and they can recover their body from space, but you only have until they leave the orbit of the, um, you only have until they leave the Earth's or, or gravitational pull. Once they're out of that shit, she's just, you know, she's just spiraling into space and there's no way to recover or anything like that. So when you meet him in the beginning of the movie, he's like the scumbag that only cares about money because like, yo, I just need money, bro. We got to do money. And he was super quick to be like, yo, let's sell this little girl to these terrorists because, yo, we can get a fuck ton of money for this little girl. Like that's wow. that's where he starts from, from like his redemption, redemption story. And it's, a, it's a pretty deep low right there to work it, back it is. from. But it, to be fair, it's it makes complete and total sense for his character when you find out like the motivation behind it. I mean, that's <clears throat> that's okay. It's a lot of sacrifice. <laughs> like, because especially if they if if you believe this is to be a, a, a machine that can kill millions, and you're giving it to people who have ambitions to kill millions just for <laughs> your daughter. I don't know. That you seems a little rash to we me. But like, that's just me. Every, that's what everyone was telling me. Everybody was, and especially because you know the little girl was she. She was so adorable, man. She fucking she 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 turned everybody like the fucking robot was putting makeup on her and shit. Fuck it. I think the only one that didn't really was was super nice to her was the captain, but she was always sort of like super cold type. Not really super cold, but like uh, detached. She wasn't a very like she she wasn't she didn't really show too much emotion. She was sort of like an action hero essentially. She was essentially like, you know, she's only cool and brooding, and that's it. Those are like my only two modes. Am I either cool or I'm brooding? And aloof? Pretty much. Feel me? But it was pretty dope. I really like how they ended up bringing it all together. I like how um, it's actually really layered. Like, they do a very good job of uh, uh, introducing the crew as one thing, and then slowly expanding on their backstory, and then having really good character development for everyone, so... It it came together in the end, man, and, and it's surprisingly it had a lot of heart, and it was like pretty funny. Like I'm I'm fairly certain it's a kids movie because like <laughs> not only is the MacGuffin a child, but like fart jokes are actually like a plot device at one point. So jeez, oh, yeah, it does know. sound kids movie ish. I mean the 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 making the if you can fit your 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 death device into something the size. <laughs> Of an infant version of your enemy, that is, they are literally evolved to be predisposed genius. to being kind to this thing. Like very... that is the ultimate sleeper secret weapon, right there. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I mean, but spoiler alert: she wasn't a weapon. It was all fucking propaganda. You can't trust. <sighs> you can't trust the fucking. You can't trust uh... the dude that built a space station. Uh, a, a space station satellite above Earth, and it's like only the chosen people can come to my space satellite. You know, man, you can't trust that dude, and he's the one that's like, she's a weapon of mass destruction. She's actually quite the inverse. Oh wow! <laughs> but it's it's pretty cool. It's, it's Space Beast was a dope movie, and I really one thing that I was sort of disappointed in was, like I said, what sold me on the movie was that little clip of Bubs being fucking wilding with that harpoon in space. <sighs> And I was expecting him to be more of a battle robot, but he got outside of that one scene. It was, it was like, um, it was like Quicksilver from the X Men movies. Like he he had one scene where he's super from the Fox X Men super movies. dope. Yeah, he'd be super dope. But yeah, that <laughs> Quicksilver from the Marvel movie, X Men movies got did shot. not. He got shot. <laughs> You're faster than bullets, nigga. How the fuck? Yeah, I'm sorry, but that I just thought that, that was such well. a like uh, it, in in a movie series that has such good writing. 
for Which them like to say fantastical that, that powers yo to, for them to say that quicksilver got shot i was like okay y'all niggas just didn't like him it did, absolutely. You just didn't like, him. like i was just about to be like i wonder why they wrote him out of the series because i don't get it okay wait till you hear what i was watching then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna be some wild shit oh no i, I already am i'm, oh, I'm more or less i haven't seen it yet because i'm waiting for it to be finished but vic was telling me about it and i more or less got which where was, it was weird going. it was just weird to me honestly the the switcheroo but we'll talk about that but yeah that's what i was done i would definitely eight out of ten for um space sweepers that's what was lit space sweepers <sighs> yeah that sounds interesting that does sound like something i would like to check out but yeah so i caught up on wandavision as i was just saying and um yeah it, it pretty much i was relatively spot on in that she she altered reality to um to uh fit the life that she wanted with vision that's what she um, does the way she so okay Classic so I, by the way i'm going to go ahead and spoil the first five episodes of wandavision this is going to be my review because it's picked up enough for me to be interested in finishing it and it no, no longer is seated inside of that old sitcom idea anymore like that's actually kind of the it's been identified as the alternate reality that she's creating the localized alternate reality which is the the first thing that i noticed that marvel did is that they depowered her significantly because you know when she did house of m she changed the whole world my nigga there was nobody left untouched by her power and so in this one she's just doing it in a localized area um they found some way to get monica rambo into the storyline the uh Mm -hmm. they revealed sword she aged up now yeah um evidently her re-entry is her coming back from the snap oh that's that makes sense that makes perfect sense yeah so so she comes back from the snap they reintegrate her back into society as a member of sword but evidently she was a member of sword before the snap i didn't i was completely unfamiliar wasn't with she a this. child before the snap Listen to me. She was like, she was like nine before the snap. When I knew about them things you mentioned. No, I, I'm actually unfamiliar with. Um, like I've watched all the movies, but I am still unclear as to how oh, the storyline no, goes. But that was in Captain Marvel, which yeah, was in the 80s. which was in the 80s. You're right. Okay. Now that I think about it, you're right. So she would have been like 20 something at least. Pretty much, that's what she looks in like in her mid 20s pre snap. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if she, isn't Monica Rambo photon? Doesn't she have powers? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think she was. Uh, she might be another incarnation of Miss um, Marvel herself. If I remember correctly. Oh, okay. Maybe she'll inherit Miss Marvel from Brie Larson. Then who knows? Um, <clears throat> but uh, so she's a detective. I, I ask because she doesn't seem to have powers right now, as depicted in WandaVision. But um, so uh, oh, the one you were right, Photon, Pulsar, and Spectrum. Spectrum. She's that's her other name that's supposed to be more popular beginning well, in 2013 like, yeah. um but yes so uh wanda one thing that i did not foresee is that it seems like wanda's doing this maliciously so in <laughs> in in house of m uh where where wanda which is the comic book i think seed that led to this storyline yeah um wanda has a mental break she loses her children so her and vision do have children but she loses them and then in losing them she has a mental break and she uses her power to change the entire earth uh in a very drastic way feel free to follow that storyline if if you're so interested and this one she kind of purposely 
created a localized world for her in Vision. Evidently, at some point, Vision made it known that he did not want to be resurrected or brought back to life in any way. I was unfamiliar with this, but... No, it wasn't on was screen some, in any of the previous MCU movies. I didn't think so. But evidently, based on them, this was established. I saw there was a lot of chatter online about some of the comments that were made because they uh, Monica made the comment that Scarlet Witch could have took on Thanos by herself and then the person she was talking to... I think it was Kat Dennings... No, was it Kat Dennings' character? I'm not sure. But Kat Dennings does reprise her character in this show. She And she's introduced, I think, in episode three or four. Um, but... And and the person she was talking to uh, stated that Captain Marvel could have taken on Thanos by herself. But I was thinking, first of all, this isn't like Press extra there's doubt, two, bro. For real, that's what I'm trying to Press say. I'm like, for doubt. who are these two randos that are that are making random comments? I'm sorry, did you see the movie? And then all of a sudden, yo, you see, thank you. Because if uh, based on the movie I, I saw, saw, she tried it. Yeah. She she put up a good showing, and, and then that was my whole point was that wait, but she still needed that. like the rest of the MCU yeah, to like, help her finish it out. So there was absolutely oh, no, you know what I mean? Like I I think that that was pretty offhanded, but evidently all of the fans are having conversations like like they're like those two characters are stating canon or something. I'm like, listen, you guys are ridiculous. Chill. That happens all the time in the One Piece community. People let their their people let what they want to be reality affect what is possible. Based on the what has been presented in the narrative. And I believe that that's to be a falsity. I believe that they were musing. Neither of them are. Both of them are standing for their favorite characters, essentially. And it's just like, that's cool. That's cool. But let's not make canon out of that or somehow. Nah, nah, based on what I've seen, that doesn't hold up. The Starlet Witch Mm-mm. definitely couldn't 1v1 Thanos. Not, Take it I'm, easy. Not at all. Take it not easy. Not at all. Captain Marvel um, tried to 1v1 with, with Thanos. Stones. Can you imagine <laughs> Thanos with stones? Oh, maybe that's what they meant. Maybe that that if you, Thanos without the Infinity Gauntlets, he only maybe. needs one stone, you and that's the me? Reality Stone to counter her abilities. Once he has the Reality Stone, she's donezo. Bro, total stance, Scarlet Witch bro. stands no chances against Thanos with a Reality Stone, and I think that that's fair because in the MCU, doesn't Scarlet Witch isn't doesn't she have a stone? You know uh, what the I mean? MCU? Uh, well, she, isn't she, isn't her power derived from experimentation with a stone? Hell nah, she's just a powerful ass mutant. Nope. Oh, in MCU. In the MCU. Yeah, their powers come from the Tesseract. That's okay. Um, but yeah, no, in, in in the comic book, she's just a mutant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's a... Or she's yeah. not anymore. <laughs> actually, they <laughs> took that away from her. And actually, uh, they, uh, in the new Jonathan Hickman era uh, uh, X-Men comics, they refer to Scarlet Witch very, very negatively, like... She's sense. not allowed on. She's not allowed on Krakoa. She <laughs> no nobody fucks with she's her. Kind of a problem though. Yo, man. she is foreboding, my she's nigga. She's kind of like a problem. And they revoked her mutant status, which is like I don't even know how you do that. But anyway, <laughs> like her and um fucking Franklin Richards. Except well, Franklin, Franklin Richards, Richards is a lot more to, stable. Well, yeah, absolutely. Franklin Richards and and you know I was thinking about this earlier. Um, the difference between like reality alteration and reality creation because franklin richards can create universes but scarlet witch can only alter reality which is interesting because it comes up in the show like she's not actually she stole uh this whole uh like little area of reality and kind of warped it because she can't create like she can in other in, in the mcu so she had to change what was there and so 
it, it that plays into some of the storyline behind uh what's going on but it seems like the 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 ultimate altercation they're working up to is between Wanda and Vision, which I think is very interesting. That's pretty lit. That was yeah, pretty dope. that's what I said, and so I was that like, was oh, you kind of got me there. If that's gonna be because that's gonna be super hard. I mean, gosh, they've done a really good job of actually building up their relationship over the course of several episodes and properties to where I think that that kind of uh, uh, um, crescendo would be. Ugh, that would be very interesting. Yeah, it would be pretty dope. But um, yeah, WandaVision, yeah, so it picked up. It picked up. It became a lot more interesting to me once they broke out of those that sitcom style that they were doing. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with their kids. Um, and at the end of this episode, when um, uh, right at the 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 peak of Wanda and Vision's uh kind of uh altercation because he's finding out that she's been altering his mind. To wipe out his own death from his mind because evidently was he acts not to be resurrected. So if he were to find out that she brought him back after Thanos fucking went to house on his forehead like it's Uzi Vert's diamond, <laughs> you know what I mean? Excuse me. Um Yeah, after, you know, that whole thing transpired, she had to wipe that from his memory. And so she's she's fucking with his head. She's fucking with his head, and I'm sure that once he finds out that that's what's been going on, that she's altering reality um, to to make them, you know, live this life that is artificial, he's not going to be too happy. He's not going to be too happy, which he was. But anyway, they were right at the the peak of that uh, conflict. So there's a ring at the doorbell, and it's Quicksilver from the Fox universe. Nice. Yeah. So I'm just like. All righty then. I'm glad that they chose him. He was a far more swaggy Quicksilver. Nah, nah. You're missing the point, man. This is multiverse shit. This is licking into um Doctor Strange. All them coming back. All That's my who? theory, anyway. Um, all the, the 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 Fox heroes that played their um MCU counterparts before they had the like the basically they're just the X Men and what's this Fox on? Oh, wait, were they not in the MCU up until this point? Who, if you said the Fox Quicksilver, no. No, I know they're not the Fox Quicksilver, but there's never been a Professor X in the MCU? No, mutants in general, no. There's been no mentions it's been of mutants. all Avengers, that's even, right. Even, even Wanda, like like we mentioned, Wanda and Quicksilver were made from the Tesseract. They weren't Professor, we weren't Magneto's kids. Kids, that's right. And that's who I expected it to be, actually. I thought it was going to be Magneto showing up at her house like, oh, the twists, granddad's here. Uh, <laughs> some silly bullshit sitcom shit, right? Uh, it's multiverse nah, shit, it was... son. Like, <sighs> like, like, ima- uh, like, imagine seeing, um, oh, that's going to be dope because I can't even, like, I, they're going to start re- rebooting, um, well, of course, it's always, there's only one Can Logan, ima- so there's no, gonna, doesn't oh, matter. Wait, wait, are they going to make old man Logan? Because when, when Wolverine crosses over, old man Logan is, which is a Wolverine from a different Earth, Yeah, it's correct? like an alternate universe. Yeah, type. and he, co- from, I like think it's the, uh, from World War Hulk. Uh, universe. Nah, nah, nah. That's not They're the one. They're not the same. World not War, I'm sorry, Age of Apocalypse. No, it's not the. It's just a separate one. He's like in his own. Old Man Logan is in his own universe. That was a one shot until they expand. Until they brought that character into the MCU regular oh, okay. continuity. Old Man Logan fights with Wolverine at one point. Correct. That's funny. I'm sure they do. <laughs> if I remember <laughs> correctly, I, it's just been so long since I've read an Old Man Logan co- comic book. I mean, just to be honest, like I haven't read one in. 
It's got to be at least eight years. Yeah, I only read the actual, like, original one-shot. Yeah, because Old Man Logan had his own background. Like, he was a kid. It's like a sickly kid who grew up, and then he had his uh, regenerative power, but he had a really bad sickness or something. And one day he overcame it. That Old Man Logan's background, I'm trying to remember, because it was slightly different than the original Wolverine's, because Wolverine's background goes back to the 1800s. You know yeah, I, mean? I don't remember exactly the old man Logan's uh, origin story. I just remembered kind of who he fought. Yeah, because didn't old man Logan was... fight the Hulks? Yeah, he fought like um, he fought like the inbred Master Hulk. Yeah, or was it? No, he fought the, he fought Bruce Isn't that Banner that went crazy. Nah, it's not. They're not related. I'm like 99 percent sure they have nothing to do with each other. Okay. So are you familiar with the storylines that they expounded on in the Age of Apocalypse about what happened to the rest of the world and how he broke up the world amongst Mr. Sinister and and all of the other uh, villains? No. It's the Age of Villains. Or is it Age of Villains that it's called? There's a there's a I'm pretty sure Old Man Logan um, crosses over with the, the storyline where the villains take over America and the Hulk's uh, and the Hulk and his family. Or is that Maestro Hulk? Listen, there's Maestro way too Hulk many. Is the one that he fights in the actual way Woodstock. too many storylines. Yeah, know? like I said, they brought him into the regular universe. He was a huge part of it when there was um, when they had the multiverse battle when Doctor Doom was running shit in the white outfit. Like they brought him back a lot for that one too, and he was pretty much. I think he was around after the death of regular Wolverine. That's when they brought him in. When Wolverine six one six died shortly thereafter, like maybe a year or two. Old Man Logan was brought into 616, and then that's when he probably did a lot of other things. Yeah. Man, there's. I'm interested to see what, uh, how WandaVision ends for sure, because that's. I totally didn't realize that until you just mentioned it that this is like the entrance. This is X Men coming into to the MCU. Pretty much. That's a. Because he was directly. The Fox one? He was, yeah. yeah, he was directly. Uh, well, he was allied with the X Men from the fox universe like he was chilling <laughs> yeah, at the mansion he, he was too strong so they were just like hey watch me be cool that you just sit over in the corner yeah, so like, we it was great i honestly loved his MacGuffin. like he came in for a five minute scene every movie to do some cool shit because it was all because whenever he was in the scene he was the only one because he would he was broken yeah. bro he's op nerfing <laughs> like like when Nerf he, that dude like my, that's literally I think was that X Men First Class where they attack the mansion and then he shows up out of nowhere and he's like oh that's shit the second and one he yeah saves everyone in the mansion yeah so like everyone's all struggling and he shows up and he's like oh yeah I got the, I got it from here guys <laughs> exactly that shit trivialized awesome. the entire encounter by himself oh man I love and and the character is just super like. Uh, I really enjoy watching like when he whenever he's about to like uh, go hyperspeed, you see him. You just like put on he, the goggles and slip shit. Slip down the goggles, does his little hop step, and off he goes. This shit's gonna be good. It's like, hold on, hold your neck. <laughs> Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah, that was that, that. They really like. I'm not sure who wrote that character, but they did a great job. Yeah. They did way better than they did on all the other characters in yeah. that movie, like combined. But um. Yeah, WandaVision definitely been a uh, picked back up. I was super dis like I don't know. I wasn't disappointed. I just wasn't in, uh, entertained by the start. The, I knew it was going to be a slow bird from jump. That's why I was just waiting till it finished. True, true. That's what's up. So yeah, let's jump into some gaming news, uh, dude. So the new Mass Effect 
trilogy remake looks really interesting. Ooh, now you so were excited. you've played through the the original trilogy. Yeah, I played Mass Effect two first. It was so good. I went back and played one, and then I've ah uh, man, I've played Mass Effect. I've played the whole story at least three times. As good okay. shepherd, evil shepherd, and just shepherd choosing the best of whichever decisions I wanted for okay. all three. It's it's so it's such a it's one of the best RPGs I've ever played, especially because it spans across three games that are all really good. And okay. as usual with trilogies, the second one is the best one by well, I don't want to say by far, but the second one is definitely the best so. one. Yeah. Because okay. it's like one, they had an idea, two, they expanded on it to the best of their ability. And then that's right around two is right away around when Mass Effect got bought by EA, I believe. They were in the production cycle of three when they were bought out by EA. And you could slowly start to see like the, the effects of it, but it still wasn't enough to taint the actual Mass Effect. It wasn't until Andromeda where they just oh, yeah. started fumbling the ball. Andromeda was a hundred percent cash cow. Wasn't the original game Mass Effect team wasn't even really it was involved. a mobile title? It was their <laughs> DLC team. Jeez. It was the team that made all the DLCs that they had. It was like, hey, you guys want to make a full game real quick? That's what's up. Because <laughs> I've been over here just hunting for the next title because Yakuza, Yakuza Like a Dragon has... It has definitely, like... It, it got over 100 hours out of it, so I got nice. well. That's but, solid. Um, That's really in solid. Legend mode, I'm probably two-thirds through the game, but it, they do this thing where... <laughs> The damage output is extremely high at this point in the game in legend mode, and there's a very high amount of evasion. So oh, it sucks, fucking hand cramps. Well, not even just just that. It's just there's times where you're gonna lose. You're, there's definitely times where you're gonna lose, no matter how strong you are, that because sucks. you're gonna miss at a pivotal point, and that enemy is gonna target you, and he's gonna have an attack buff, and you're dead. <laughs> it's one shot. It's one shot city, for sure. Sure. You know what I mean? And so that sucks. Yeah, I'll eventually get back to that, but it's definitely not fun. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound <laughs> enjoyable at no, all. No, 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 not at all. Especially because it's like I'll, any one of those mechanics is dealable, but it's like, oh, so they're high evasion buffed and super high defense. Gotcha. Okay. So there's just no way to kill these guys before they get at least to kill you. <laughs> Okay, and you know what I think that the worst feature about it is, is that when Kasuga, the main character, dies, it GG. I hate that shit so much. Yeah, because once in a while they're going to one shot him, and it's just like, man, I really wish that the other character could resurrect them you before feel- you guys gave me the game over. <laughs> oh shit, what do we do? I don't know. Die, run away! <laughs> like what the fuck. And it's not like you don't control. It's not like those other characters are AI controlled in general. Like you could control them. It's not like. They could just get, let the next character get a turn. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. So that one's going to go on the back burner. So I've been hunting out the next title, and it came down to pretty much Nino Kuni 2. Nice. And uh, Dragon Quest 11. Uh, I don't recommend a Dragon Quest, Ele- Dragon Quest 11 to me. I think I've just been waiting for it to go on sale. But I've heard good things about it. I haven't played a Dragon Quest game before. Though. I heard it was... Well, I'm probably going to scoop it, because um, that was the one I, I, I finally settled on. It had gotten the best ratings. It was going to provide me the most traditional JRPG experience, as well as it, I believe it was rated 80 to 100 hours. So that means it'll take me 160 to beat at least. Because, <laughs> nice. yo, I mean, I definitely go for high completion rate first playthroughs. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. like grinding out a bit. I don't mind being extra strong. You know what I mean? Like, 
if I can beat the 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 final boss without having to do it a hundred times, I'd like to, to do that. You know what I mean? Going there at the best possibility. But, um, Most games aren't that difficult anymore. Most games they really, really have you. Yakuza grinding. Was, Yakuza saved all boss. of the difficulty for the very last difficulty. Like <laughs> normal, uh, normal and hard are like laughable. It doesn't even get hard until about halfway through Legend. That's fair, though, right? I mean, they don't call it Legend for no reason. Well, I would have expected a little bit more of a slope, you know? <laughs> That's what hard was for. But the, the hard was as easy, was just as easy as, as normal. <laughs> you got to remember these games that are made for Japanese people, when they had their max difficulties, not meant for what you normally experience. The, the, the designers are like, what, you want, to, you want me to spread this difficulty over three difficulties? It's going to be a sharp jump. <laughs> feel me? We have normal, uh, like we have normal, dumbed down, and then we have the Japanese version, bro. There's no adjustment to the Japanese version. It's just hardcore. I wish I knew how to, to counter that evasion mechanic, though. Like, I, I really have no fucking clue what they want you to do because, like, there's individual abilities you can use with certain classes that'll give you in a, a boost to your accuracy. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's not, not even every character can do that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not. So, wait, half of your team just can't attack? <laughs> if that's the case, then you're going to die because these guys have way too much defense and HP to one shot. So it's just like wait, so so they I believe they want that randomized like, ha ha! You better hope they don't. You better hope you don't target your nigga or you got him CC'd. Cause if not, he's gonna two piece you in the mouth. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I never play. I never play into difficult beyond difficulty beyond hard anyway. And I'm not exactly sure if there's any benefit to me doing this on Legend either. So I'm very much distanced. It's pretty much all it is. It's just like, hey, do you want to frustrate yourself? Well, here's the option to. And and boy, after playing gotcha games, I refuse to play any game that frustrates me. It's like, oh, no. Mm. Even though I, get, I let this game frustrate me quite a bit because those damn mini games. Gosh, boy, were they <laughs> they were trying. Actually, I'm going to be very happy to leave this game behind. I enjoyed it. It had very, very, very high peaks and very high and very low lows. Yeah, because it did. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to jumping jumping into Dragon Quest. That's going to be a fun uh, JRPG to play. But um, in other gaming news, did you see um, Amazon and Google both uh, have had to pull back from their gaming divisions? Um, Amazon has decided to not make first-party Amazon games and only provide uh, tools to developers to help them make games because they cannot make a game. <laughs> and it's just like, I thought I you could know, just throw money at it. But you could just throw money at it. Throw money at artists, you fucking pieces of shit. Right. They're like, throwing that's the part money that pisses at their me friends. off. It's like, like, oh, man, video, video games, you can't just start. You can. You really can, though. Just stop throwing money at fucking middle managers and fucking accountants and people who, who and, and, and analysts and fucking advisors. Like, stop paying those guys and actually, like, hire people from studios, man. Like, gosh, all the talent exists. They just, there's just no institution that is actually dedicated to, to, the, the, to the enrichment of game designers. There is no institution that is dedicated to the enrichment of game designers, and we need that because that will that institution will 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 set a standard and precedent that other uh, game institutions will have to follow or lose 
or lose talent. You know what I mean? Because it's it's getting crazy how silly it is. Like Amazon, the the idea that Amazon can't make a successful game is negligent on their part because they have way too many resources to not be able to successfully do anything. Yeah, it's for the best, though. You know, not, I agree. not everybody's meant. You're 100 percent right. The universe everything. is doing us a favor by yeah. by keeping them out of the market. That's for sure. But um, that and Google Stadia, uh, I believe, has moved its game development staff away from that department and to uh, focus on the cloud service uh, aspect rather than the game development aspect. So there won't be any first-party Google Stadia games. I was like, geez. It's going to be all fucking... Like, all these big companies are just based. like, you know what? Let's let's let the little guys do this. We ain't built for this game develop, <laughs> development thing. Which is, uh, once again, probably for the best. Yeah. Maybe if they knew... <laughs> maybe if they knew some friends outside of finance, they'd be able to do some things other than finance. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that they're handcuffed by their own inability to to just be open. Like, if you have any kind of affiliation in tech, you should be able to to, especially if you're a Google, getting developers under your wing. I don't know, man. That shouldn't be the bottleneck to your to your to your video game ambitions. You know what I mean? Is having good developers? Like, what you Google? I don't know, man. And and if it if the issue is that these developers need the proper guidance, then I, I don't know. Is there is that where the uh, where the where the lack in 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 manpower is? Is in that the people who know how to coordinate these into productive ventures? Um, no, I think it's um. Like and 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 I and I say that as you know the the CEO of Sega stepped down to become a creative director. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's difficult to find people to run these large game studios like Sega, like Sony of America, like you know any of the the larger game studios. I can imagine it's really hard to to find someone who can coordinate that whole studio to find your Kevin Feige. You know what I mean? Yep. That, that can because, take all of your IPs and put them into the right <laughs> positions and places and with the right talent. Yeah, and, and the the finance industry is not really about balance. And in order mm. to really be a good director like that, you have to be able to balance a lot of conflicting ideas and a lot of ideas that not necessarily conflict but don't really mesh well. You got to be able to talk to the creative people as well as the finance people and. You got to know when to be stern with the finance people and when mm-hmm. to be giving with the finance people, when to be stern with your crew, when to... That's why people like Kojima yeah. and shit like that tend to stand out. When there's like, That's why there tends to be like, you'll know one name that's the head of a studio and that person will be like that for like decades. It's because generally speaking in the finance world, the only thing that's important is like ruthlessness. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the only thing that's really important is just like, Making deals, you know, like that sort of shit. So you tend to not be able to suss out the really um, the the kind of quality of character that you need in in such a role that requires such a multifaceted response. Because mm. you're only looking out for that. You're you're like, oh, I like that dude. Look at the way he yells at people. Look at look at the way he commands the room. Type shit. They don't really look at anything else. They don't look at how his like how but his can team. Can he make a video game? <laughs> you feel me? Nobody can yell at your video game staff all day and get them yeah. through crunch time. 
I know, like, geez. Like, oh, I can get them to work. I can't direct them in what uh-huh. direction to work in, but I can get them to work. Like, geez. Um, we need, yeah. Oh, man, that's so true. They have, they have, pro, they have, uh, Productive management, but not creative management. Mm-hmm. There's no creative management. Like, and usually, like, and usually, by the time a, a video game director gets to that point, they're not going to allow themselves to be shit on by the um the business yeah. dudes without. And the business dudes just won't take anyone who won't be shit on, and so it creates a very very bad. Yep, it's a terrible cycle. But yeah, hopefully, you know, those two dropping out of video game development is is a, is a good thing for especially for the indie developers because um especially Amazon, they're really bad about buying up indie uh developers or or designers or producers of anything and then just killing them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like subsuming all of their IP and then letting the IP go to waste and then letting the company uh die away like it's definitely good for the industry that those two have stepped away. Um, and lastly, in some gaming news, Warner Brothers succeeded at patenting a game mechanic from Shadow of Mordor, which... So, it, it's a game mechanic that procedurally generates... Nice. Um, <laughs> ...character interactions based on event progress. And it's weird because... Most video games iterate upon those very same type of systems to develop either new systems or as just underlying features within their games um, openly, you know. And it's just been a general consensus that that's how game designers who make these kind of uh, tools develop. You know, it started with FPSs, really. When FPSs were being developed, that, that the shooter mechanic was always left open to the to the developer environment so that they can in, uh improve and and create games utilizing it and so it generally it's very it's considered poor taste to try to monopolize a mechanic like that um that's why gotcha mechanics are so popular because it's there's no patent on that mechanic. Now, I would love if some little company patented that mechanic and then cut off every other company's access to it. Honestly, that would be the best thing for the industry is if gotchas became illegal in some way, shape, or form for any, everyone to use. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Warner Brothers is patenting a mechanic that is it in and of itself is derivative of something that has been developed by other designers first of all so it's a patent that is based on the work of other people and as well as the unfortunately some of the subsequent systems tied to it that are also part of the umbrella of this patent were not developed at all they were completely derived from other systems and so it, it, it's a real it's they the original patent they filed was rejected several times needless to say because they were trying to patent a very broad system that would be used in most rpgs today and so or action rpgs and so the court struck that down and they were a man they managed to narrow down the language enough to the point where now the court is i guess feels like it's it's narrow enough to, to cover just the uh, the system that they uh, mainly developed. But from what I'm understanding, 
the other developers are speaking out and they're talking about how listen this thing is 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 subsuming a lot of uh of game mechanics other than and 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 moreover what it does is any similar game mechanic becomes uh fodder for lawsuits which as you all know when these big game companies sue you they usually throw so much money into the suit that you aren't able to fight it that you as an individual can't can't afford the kind of legal battle that they would tie you up in and so they will be able to not only do that to individuals but to indie developer studios who who utilize game mechanics in their games that might even be similar and that might have even been developed before this they 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 uh filed for this patent because of how broad the the resulting patent file ended up being even though the which i can only imagine the original patent that was struck down they must have been trying to to grab up a whole swath of, of gaming code so you know i know that, it, that that's a little bit technical but warner brothers patenting game mechanics is probably a bad thing it's probably a bad thing mainly because the only reason why I would say probably is because Warner Brothers has been pretty ineffective in the video game space. I mean, outside of Shadows of Mordor and its um, predecessor, what else have, have they produced of any? No. Warner Brothers by themselves? I, yeah. I don't think Warner Brothers really does games like that. They do a lot of licensed content, though. Yeah. So, oh, man, unless they're going to try to license out the use of it, um, of that game mechanic. To, to other studios well either way it's about to become a lot more expensive to develop games in any genre that utilizes mechanics similar to that which it Maybe. seems like uh I, I don't think it'll be that big of a deal because i'm pretty sure people will just invent code around it they'll just end up shooting themselves in the foot and force developers to not use that particular mechanic which i think that that's probably going to end up what it's going to do is it's going to cause people to not just not develop anything similar to yep. it because you know these people are very litigious yep. and they will attack you even when they're in the wrong and unfortunately i know that's not how our court system is supposed to be used but it is used that way and i'm and and then you know if i could you know you could look up online all of the kind of useless copyright infringement lawsuits especially copyright law in particular is used in particularly frivolously you know what i mean and so yeah I think that's just going to drive people away from it. Like, it's not worth it. It's not mm -hmm. worth it. And digital content is way too easy to, to like, cut off your distribution of. You know it's going to I mean? be like that one time when whomever it was um, patented happy birth the Happy Birthday song. And then, fuck oh, it. <laughs> that, shit, that shit went back to free, like, three years later because people were like, bitch, you crazy if you think I'm paying for the Happy Birthday song. Out of this world. Fucking, that's out of your wild. goddamn mind. But yeah, that's pretty much all that was going on in gaming, which I thought uh, that, that was pretty interesting. Um, in other entertainment news, yo, <laughs> I thought this shit was hilarious. So evidently Diddy had to part ways with his clothing line, Sean John, back in 2016, and he tried to keep it real quiet. But now they're, they're, he had to bring up a public lawsuit against them. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm not sure if there was like a they were negligent on paying him for the ip or uh of some sorts but i thought that that shit was hilarious that puffy had to sue his own how you how you have to sue the company you started bro 
That's how business works, bro. Bro. Read your contract. But I thought Puffy was a superior businessman. Black excellence, all of that good stuff. I mean, to be and I'm fair, not saying that you said that. I'm excellent businessman. I don't know. Me? That sounds like bad business to me because he didn't. He wasn't Just because that. you're an excellent businessman doesn't mean you've never made a bad business deal. Especially one that was made back when he was, you know, no, Sean John's been around pretty, for a minute. Yeah, it's been around for a minute, but he was definitely established. I think Sean John was, what, 2008? Yeah, but I, I think this point, I, I mm. personally do not think Diddy is a bad businessman. Has Diddy made bad business deals in the past? Absolutely. Is Diddy an overall bad businessman? Absolutely not. I do not think no, that is No, he definitely true. is not. He definitely is getting paid a lot. Even... He, for when, multiple and, and revenue can, streams for doing little Performing bad business doesn't mean that you don't make money. And but <laughs> nonetheless, Diddy has Diddy is quite successful in his business ventures. I would I would say that this is probably in a minority situation for Hell him. Yeah. But um, damn, dude, I can only imagine what kind of what kind of uh, business shenanigans had to happen, which resulted in him ending up ended up ending up having to sue Sean John for proceeds, like because it was. He was a the controlling uh, shareholder in that company for a significant amount of time. Nah, man. When you're that big, if you're not personally on top of your money, you will be robbed by anyone who has the opportunity. True story. That True is why story. auditors exist because niggas know the the niggas know the the make how to make pennies from the fucking margins. You know what I'm saying? And that shit adds up over time. Yeah. Especially when it comes to business of that level, there are sharks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Real, real shit. Like, and I, I think probably what ended up happening is is that he was bought out by a significantly larger corporation. And I'm not to say that Diddy's not a good businessman and that he's not successful, but he was bought out by an international clothing company. You know what I mean? Like, the likelihood is that they probably got him. Yeah, they probably got him good, and like, and that's like through no fault Facebook of his own. Into Instagram, but, and, and that's how. And and honestly, I I gotta be, I, I gotta be, uh, uh, keep that energy because usually, I I very rarely will blame the victim of 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 a of a scam or a fraud for the fact that someone chose to perpetrate a fraud on them, and so I'll, I'll keep that because he probably was ripped off. To be all honest, most likely he probably was ripped <laughs> off in, in, a, in a very terrible way with a lot of dudes, white dudes in suits. You know what Yo, I mean? Legalese exists for a reason. Absolutely, and so I, I will keep the energy. I, while I came into this this story laughing at Diddy, it probably I, I should give him a little bit more leeway because I mean, Diddy's an easy target. I mean, I guess he you. is. He is. He's easy to hate, but um. Yeah, dude, that Can't fucking sucks. Time. That sucks. It's probably, it's probably so much money. <laughs> I mean, whatever, nigga. He don't need that shit. Nah, he's not hurting. I mean, but to be fair, even though, regardless of whether or not he needs it, I'm not gonna. It's not cool for motherfuckers to rob you of your money. So it's you know, if people, if fair. people, yeah. if we lived in a society yeah. that was a, a little, just even slightly more stickler about yo, be legitimate about your forms of income, shit would be a lot different. But yeah. it's pretty okay to rip people off. Like, I mean. <laughs> No, it, it, Donald Trump got elected to <laughs> fucking president, saying, no, "Tell you this place I am is smart run for by not con paying artists, my taxes." Bro. That's the that's the listen. You get con artists get what have you, made America the perfect like uh, uh, fucking ecosystem for them. This America, the America's e- uh, it just, governmental it, it really and business blew my mind. ecosystem is is made to accommodate con artists. Like the better you are at tricking people and giving your money, the better you, the better the American government and system will work for you. Mm-hmm. 
down to the elections. Don't give none of these niggas your money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This dude just took that shit and ran off. I'm telling you. Both sides were scamming, yo. <laughs> yo, the minute it was like, yo, you lost the election. But it was like, word? All right. Transfer this shit real quick. Real. What money? What donations? Cash app it. Hit it. Hit it. Cash app that shit real quick. <laughs> he was like, I haven't seen no, haven't seen no donations. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man. Yo, did you hear Nick Cannon got rehired at Viacom? He went, that's gangsta shit. Is that that's gangsta shit? Hilarious. I don't know. Yeah, because nah. he made them fucking, he made them backpedal. But then he again. He made them backpedal? Isn't that, wouldn't that be the reason why they rehired him? No. He, him going back to them? Yeah, they fired him, didn't they? I, I'm looking at it from the perspective of they disrespected you. And you were unable to make it on your own. So now you're going back to them saying. You think Nick Cannon couldn't make it without Viacom? He, was, he definitely lost significant money. Not fucking I, that's not that. what I said. Yeah, no, he you couldn't get he back. To, he it? couldn't get where he was. Because if he could, then why? Then in what, in what world is, is that the is that the lick? I mean, I, look, you're looking at it from a really specific I don't know. They, they, they fired but, him for exercising his First Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. He, he apologized and they stood on it. I don't know. To me, and then they I, I still gave him his job find... back, though, right? What's that? But then you still said, and they they're giving him his job back. Yes, but from my position, why would he want to work under that auspice? Oh, but that's that's between you and the cannon. I, I don't know. I, I can't speak for the cannon, so I, I don't if, know if, why if he you would have make established those types of that, you, that it was an ab- abusive workplace. He, because he said it was an abusive workplace. He came out with both, talking about how Viacom doesn't value black talent, all of that good stuff. Why would you take your job back there again? That's my issue. He said himself it was not a good workplace. They have stated nothing, nor has he stated anything that anything's changed. They've they haven't apologized. They didn't. So I don't know. I don't understand how that's the boss move. That now you are back under their same control again. I don't know, me personally. That's just my opinion. Perhaps he's, he could, seeing as how they're going to the trouble of bringing him back, perhaps there was a negotiation involved. But, you know, I'm, I'm sort of looking at it sort of like the um, uh, kind of the James Gunn, like Marvel situation, how um, they found the tweets from him and Marvel overreacted and instantly fired him. And over the course of a year, they gave him his fucking job back. And I guarantee you mm-hmm. with a fucking nice little severance of breaking his contract at the same time. <laughs> So I, I I get what you're saying from a pride level, yeah. like why would you go back type shit? Mm-hmm. But from his perspective, it's probably just like, nah, yeah. you guys are not going to cut me off from the money that you said I was going to be making based on the contract that I signed prior to making those statements. I think that what ended up happening is is that Viacom realizes that they were sitting on a very profitable IP that nobody wanted to work with because they sided with Nick. That's also very possible. And so they were like, okay. We have no problems with cutting the nose to spite the face. But what we won't do is we won't lose money made on the back of Negroes. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to give you your job back. We're not going to apologize to you, but you can have your job back because it's sitting there vacant. You're losing money. We're losing money. And nobody wants that. that I don't know. That's what. If, and, and in my opinion, that's when if I if I'm making it without them, I'm like, you know what? It's not worth enriching you to enrich myself. Like that's not an equal exchange. You're you're getting a lot more out of this situation than I am. And so, no, I'm not going I'm not going to capitulate at this point because you've already, you know, 
I don't want to insert my peoples back into a work environment where they're being abused. When they even said they don't want to work with you. I, I feel you. The canon feels differently. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. But um, yeah. I thought, hey, you know, that that was that was worth mentioning. He did get hired back. So, you know, congratulations to him that I'm assuming he wouldn't have taken it. He wouldn't have announced that he got rehired if it wasn't what he wanted. So to that respect, fuck it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to hate on a nigga who got hired at the job that he wanted. So congratulations to Nick for that. Um, did you hear Ice Cube has uh, been invited to the White House to talk black politics? Fucking, I'm like, yo, these niggas, I'm like, it's it's so what obvious. What does Ice Cube have to do with black politics? This is my thing, is that people are like, oh, but Ice Cube's got the contract with Black America, and he's talked with black intellectuals to develop it, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, then why doesn't Ice Cube insist that he signal boosts those people who are actually the ones developing the, the, the contract instead of taking all of the publicity for himself? Every time someone says... But that that Ice Cube is meeting with Biden, Ice Cube should be saying Ice Cube is bringing Omari Hardwick. Or I'm, I'm sorry, that's not the guy's name. That's some actor guy. But there's there's a bunch of 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 prominent intellectuals that supposedly helped him do this. So why 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 is it that these people are not the ones who are bringing the discussion to the White House? If if you want to put Ice Cube on the cover of it because you need publicity. I get that part. That part makes complete sense to me. But why isn't Ice Cube doing the responsible thing and and bringing forth and the the signal boost to the people who are actually doing the work? Because obviously Ice Cube is not the one writing the contract for Black America. Please tell me that Ice Cube isn't the one writing it. Because I don't need it to rhyme. I need it to contain good policy. And so if that is the case, that Ice Cube is probably not the person writing it. Let's get the policymakers out there Let's so that they can start a discussion about what's actually going on in it and not a discussion about why the fuck is Ice Cube talking to Biden as if he's been elected to some position of power. Like, Biden, what the fuck? Like, get out of here, yo. This is this is stupid. This is stupid. And, and, and it's pandery and it's disrespectful to the black community that has tons of people who are out there doing the good work ready to talk to you. Why don't you talk to the fucking people in Congress, Biden? Like, you could talk to Cori Bush. You could talk to Rashida Tlaib. You could talk to Ilhan Omar. There's a plethora of great African-American minority Congress people that actually are working on legislation, that actually write legislation. Why are you talking to Ice Cube? Like, I just don't understand why the average person finds this to be, like, compelling because i'm only assuming they're doing this because it's compelling to someone this is polling while somewhere i heard like fucking youtube stars like tim black are out there fucking lauding this as if it's like dude what are you talking about you're over here happy that that i that ice cubes in the white house to present the contract with black america but you don't even talk about what's in the contract for black america number one number two you haven't you we keep on talking about Ice Cube when he's clearly just the publicity figure here. Why are you not talking about the people who should be signal boosted into the White House, into the ear of the White House? You know, it's just the, the conversation is totally derailed and, and sideways. And, and and it sucks because it's taking up the air 
that a conversation about things like reparations could be had with. Because you know that the political sphere only has but so much attention for black issues. And so you don't want to muddled by a conversation about what what is Ice Cube doing? It leads me to, to, to the phrase, who cares what y'all rule things? Who cares what Ice Cube thinks? Like, if it, you know, Ice Cube needs to do the responsible thing and signal boost the people who are actually doing the work instead of letting himself be the focal point. I mean, of course he loves to be the focal point because that's, he's an entertainer and what's better for his brand than him being the focal point? I get it. But if he wants to be responsible and that will signal to all the people watching that he is actually serious about this is when you bring the people doing the work into the picture with you. That's when people take you seriously. Or when serious people take you seriously. But yeah, fucking, you got Ice Cube in the fucking White House. Oh, man. You got this YouTuber. Did you hear this shit about the YouTuber that was uh, pulling a robbery prank? On the wrong niggas. That does not. In the wrong hood. He's playing some stupid games and got his stupid rewards. Got shot. Dead. And... You know, the guy who shot him, he he called the police, you know, admitted what he did, waited for them to show up. They didn't arrest him. And this was a black guy who shot a white man. He was just like, listen, the guy came at us with a butcher knife. I feared for me and my friend's life. He's, he, they were trying to rob us. I shot him. You know, I didn't shoot to kill him, but he ended up dying. <laughs> and, you know. Saying all the right I, things. Yeah, no, but I mean, I, I believe him. I don't know, man. I believe him. Regardless, I mean, if regardless he was a hood nigga, he would have dipped, right? It's, it's not about what I believe. It's about what he said. I think the cops believed him, and that's rare. You know what I mean? If the cops bought the story, because they sing as to how they didn't arrest him, I assume they bought his story. You know what I mean? You just shoot somebody. and then, I mean, if it was a prank, I mean, presumably someone had video evidence of it. Presumably. Um Gosh, man. And if it was a prank, he presumably didn't do it by himself. No, he didn't. Yeah, there was multiple. Because there had to have been someone with him recording. So That's what I'm saying. Like, there's probably tons of evidence to yeah. exonerate him from, from what happened, which, damn, dude. But It's can, about the only that, way. That's It's the only way. The only when there's way. multiple other white people there, it'd be like, no, nah, he didn't do it. <laughs> then the cops are like, damn, for real? Y- y- you sure you, you sure didn't, didn't do it? it? You, you sure? Not? All right, I guess. You sure he hasn't been walking behind I you guys guess. all day? You feel me? You, you mean, sure he didn't oh, you, mean you were stalking him all day? That's why you guys tried to pull the prank on him? Oh. It's fucking shit. Clown shit. We really can't. Hey, man. Jackass is off the air, bro. They got to keep it going. No, you know but what I'm saying? Um, I got to no, be a I, Vine star. I, I brought this well, up. Not Vine. To What's say, the new thing? TikTok. TikTok. Got to be a TikTok star. You know what I mean? I bring it all up to say I hope that, oh, I hope that these YouTube pranks stop now. I, th- I hope that's a wake. You think that there's such thing as a no. wake up call, wake up call for these guys? Kareem, no? where have you been? Where have you been? Uh, How many people have died since the inception of the internet and social media? And has it not made social media more popular? And they usually find more creative ways to do it. Hopefully, people don't die like this anymore. I'm sure here. they'll find new and interesting ways to kill themselves. On the no, internet. man. Come on. Like we gotta stop. Let Darwin, let Darwin Awards be a thing, bro. That's what I'm saying. I let hope they Darwin find new and interesting ways. <laughs> feel me? These motherfuckers, they weren't long for the world anyway. You feel me? The fuck? Damn. That's no, not. That's, that's just, also it is kind of tragic. Robbing someone is not a prank. That's not a prank, prank at all. That's okay. not a fucking prank, bro. Robbing poor people. Cause they, it's not like they right. obviously did not go run up on somebody who looked like they had a bunch of money. <laughs> they ran up on somebody or, or a bunch of black dudes who probably looked like clown. they were just. They're lucky that out. gun was registered. Film. If that yeah. gun wasn't registered, them niggas would have dipped out. 
Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, that, 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 was, nah, that was a bad, bad one. Zero levels of sympathy for that, dude. That's Yeah, the sympathy doesn't go high, right? Too, very high too clownish for that. That's clown shit. Did you, uh, did you watch the uh, Super Bowl halftime show? I did not. I saw the new Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer that debuted at the Winter Halftime Show, and that's as close as I'll get. Yeah, no, I particularly didn't give a shit, but Carolina was interested in watching The weekend. It's her, uh, it's her faves, and so we watched it. Um, I didn't really care who won, honestly. For Tom me, Tom Brady won because, I, of course. Um, I don't know. These guys are people before they're football players to me. And on one side, you got all lives matter. On the other side, you got white lives matter. So I really didn't give a fuck about either of these dudes or their team. So I don't care about them either way or the game or the sport or anything that I'm just amazed that Tom Brady now has more championships than the whole league by himself. And that's pretty. Was that the specific specific? I don't know if it's the whole league. It was the franchise that all of the NFL oh, yeah. franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he has more than word. any individual franchise for that sure. That was the word. That does sound about right. So, that, well, like, you know, that evidently, is wild well, impressive. I didn't realize because Gronkowski's been with him since the pa- the Pats, right? I did not know that either. Yeah, so evidently Gronkowski is this nigga's secret weapon because two, evidently two of his, <laughs> so, bro, it's the white I power connection. It. Dude, and, and this is Gronk totally is a big ass dude, even, bro. Not, not even for, not even for any racial reasons. Tom Brady to Gronkowski is the white power connection, bro. That bro. is the straight up white yo. Gronk is huge as fuck. Yeah, that nigga's humongous. I He's did notice that uh, during the game, and I made that comment to Carolina because this nigga was standing next to somebody else who was very big, <laughs> and I was like, "Why does that nigga look little next to him? What the fuck?" Yeah, yo, I still love that video of when um, Gronk destroyed the Steve Harvey New Year's cake. Oh no! It, it was like a cake that was modeled to look like Steve Harvey, and I guess Gronk was coked out of his mind on New Year's because my G came out there and he was fully so amped. Was like, right. Grabbed the fucking cake of Steve Harvey, smashed it on the ground, and then Steve is just standing there in disbelief, like, "What? What? I like that. Why did you do that?" He was so he was so befuddled. He was like keeping his distance from him and everything. It was great, and Gronk was just too in the zone to give a shit. That Gronk. Didn't even notice, or maybe, yeah, I don't think he really registered that Steve wasn't really cool with it, and he was just sort of like being oh, professional. No, I don't think he was registering his surroundings no, 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 no. at all. You know, he was just <laughs> in the zone, and he saw cake that would look like their prison's face. And Nigger cake! It looked smashable, so he was like, like yo, wow. I'm smashing this cake. But, I can't imagine, but why would he... Dish- Coke. I, I mean... Cocaine's a hell of a drug, that's why. That's the only reason... Bro, I'm telling you, there's that... Sort of energy given. I mean, I, I guess it's New Year's Eve. I could see your app for doing, but he was too apt, bro. He was way wow. too apt. He was way too apt. So, like the cake didn't even last for like ten seconds Did after he was on the cake. Stage. Hell yeah. nah, he walked on stage, thing. saw the cake, was like, "Oh shit!" and just smashed. Literally, just picked it up and smashed it. Like almost as soon as he saw it, and Steve was just like. Is this in the script? Steve is like looking around. He's looking around all confused. He saw a black man that he couldn't be arrested for assaulting. So he said, I'm going for it. No, I'm joking. I don't know why I keep accusing him of being racist, but I'm sure Gronk's got it in him. No, I'm joking. Oh, man. But yeah, no, Super Bowl. The the, the weekend's halftime show was, was it, first of all, it was the first time I've seen a halftime show. It was just a single artist. Um, it was a good performance, not a great performance, but it was a good performance in my opinion, very large scale. Um, for some reason they put the stage in the, uh, in the stands. 
That's weird. So I, I, from what I understand, they were supposed to reserve like a third of the seats in the in the stadium and keep them blank for social distancing. But it looks like they put all of those seats in one area and then packed out the rest nice. of the stadium. Which I'm just like, wow. Nice. Why would you do that? Because the stadium was packed. Because on that paper. That shit is a super spreader event for sure, sure. That's, that's the first thing I saw when I look, when I was walking by and I looked at this camera. I was like, yo, are those all people? Yeah, Yo, no, that shit's super brave. spreader. Super, super spreader. These motherfuckers are brave as shit. And then, from what I understand, well, no one gets paid for their super time, their super time performance, their Super Bowl performance, half their Super Bowl halftime performance. From what I understand, no one gets paid for that. But That's crazy. Weekend actually had to put in $7 million of his own money to, to, get, to get it done the way he wanted to. And I was just like, That's, That's crazy. crazy. Isn't he? I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a big enough act to where his budget should have covered that. For a, a Super Bowl halftime performance, I feel like that was that was a bit that that's weird and egregious. Like, uh, no, I mean, no, that, that feels the Super Bowl is a very expensive event, man. Nothing about the Super Bowl is cheap, and yeah, most likely it's probably like COVID fucking changes that he had to pay for. Really, I, I'm just surprised that they made him come out of pocket. I, I, they didn't make him come out of pocket. He, he chose, chose to, to come, come out, out of pocket, pocket because sure. they didn't provide fucking what he was looking for. Yeah. Which which leads me to the question of why weren't they weren't willing to capitulate to his requests? Hey man, this leads me to the question is why did nobody before you had this problem at the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe I think that you made a good point about the Super Bowl being particularly expensive because of COVID restrictions and so forth and the decreased revenue from it. They probably told him to scale it down. And he was like, I don't scale down nothing, never nigga. What? <laughs> I'm the weekend. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's like the single biggest advertising event of the year. Yeah, I believe it. When it comes, especially now that, that TV advertising is so much more lucrative. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. So more people at and home, and yeah. ugh, it sucks, man. She, she, she was streaming it. And it's just like all the CBS, ABC, all of their streaming sites are trash, man. Of course. They're Commercials so bad. Commercials every six seconds. Not even just the commercials. You very rarely get more than 60 seconds of consecutive stream without it buffering for a couple seconds and getting choppy. And it's just like, wow, it's like, uh, it's so annoying. Oh, I know. I know exactly why that is. It's it's the same shit that happens, man. As like people who've played WoW, we understand like any day when a bunch of people is going to be on your server, Server it's going to be shit. But these motherfuckers, they are absolutely not going to foot the extra money in order to make it smooth. Mm -hmm. For the one day you need it to be smooth. It's possible. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. And I can imagine, like, most people that didn't, or not most, but a lot of people are viewing it from a website. Absolutely. And they're just like, psych. It's not inconveniencing me. And you pay the same amount whether I do this or not. So, no. Yeah. Yeah, which, that is what it is. It is funny to see that the uh, the conversations about Tom Brady, since he's won another Super Bowl, um, around him being the greatest of all time, are very quickly evolving into, well, clearly Serena Williams is the greatest athlete of all time. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. That makes me so happy. That's funny. That they're immediately like, nah, because he doesn't even, I'm sorry, but the quarterback is not the the most physically taxing Uh role on the football team and 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 i think that it's unfair to even have big team sports like that calling out individuals because and then putting them in the same category as let's say a tiger woods or a serena 
or you know what I mean? Like even Michael Jordan, he played a team mm. sport. It, I think it's very unfair to to put them in the same category as athletes who on their dolo stand on their feet and go through you know through you know however many game set matches you got to go through to win a tennis match or you know what I mean? Like we yeah, we got to differentiate between it's, the two. Yeah, single versus team sport. The versus team sport. Yeah, we can. And then in terms of team sport as a team, now that is a discussion I'm willing to have. Is Tom Brady one of the best team players ever in a sport? And that I think is a discussion because as a team player. He needed one essential piece with him, his, his homeboy Gronk, to make the white power connection. And he took another team to the fucking Super Bowl and won. I think that that is substantial. Um, I think that that's a significant conversation. In a team sport, Michael Jordan's only done it with one team, right? He took It was the Bulls every time he won. Um, LeBron is another one, one of the best team players. See, those are the kind of players I'd be putting into that category, and I think is a fair conversation to, to have. Um, but as an individual athlete, he is not the GOAT athlete. Not at all. Not when Muhammad Ali was over here fucking <laughs> dipping and diving and knocking niggas out. No, sir. As an individual athlete, no. I don't believe so. Just my opinion, though. Um... But yeah, moving on from the entertainment news. Uh, so there were some some fun and 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 terrible news stories to go over in the politics sphere. So we'll hit those up before we wrap up today. Um, McKenzie found to have aided in the opioid crisis. They provided the analytics to the Sackler family uh, in terms of giving them advice to heavily promote and market a substance that they knew to be lethal and highly addictive. And this is now this is McKenzie who advises everyone from supermarkets to your automotive uh, 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 franchises like they every major corporation has a McKinsey analyst on their team. And this is the kind of shit that 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 they're telling people to do. Mr. Booty Judge, who just got his appointment to transportation secretary, was a McKinsey analyst and was found to to have been part of a, a price fixing scheme in Canada to drive up prices of bread. You know what I mean? Like this is the kind of amoral uh, shit that they're willing to do, and 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 one of the one of the main issues as to why corporate culture is as bad as it is, because they've invited all of these guys into their upper ranks. They've they've uh, instituted policies in a lot of the the biggest employers in the country that are just that are just shit. They're terrible policies, whether they're anti-consumer or anti-worker. And it's all in the the name of profits, you know. And and McKinsey, I think, is one of those companies that, you know, they need to be held accountable for the shit that uh, that their analysts are are out there doing because they're the ones platforming them. Those analysts utilize the McKinsey name to to, to uh, enact all kinds of malfeasance throughout the corporate world, and that shit's fucked up. You know, McKinsey is a negative force wherever you see its name pop up. I've never heard McKinsey pop up because it was a good thing, you know, and, and, and yet at the bottom of every fucking study and every report, you see McKinsey's name and, and it's all throughout PBS and you see it throughout mainstream media. Like their information is like, is, is a cornerstone of, of, of the analytics that's used, you know, throughout the, the, the media sphere. And it's a problem. We need to excise that because 
you know, the fact that all of this information is rife throughout media, corporate finance and all of these these things, it's creating a a kind of unipolar view of the economy that's unhealthy. That doesn't that 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 excludes workers and consumers who are to the same people most of the time. Workers and consumers are pretty much the same class of people. You know, they just they serve two roles in society and 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 they're supposed to be self-perpetuating roles. But no, unfortunately, when you have people like McKinsey driving down wages and driving up prices, they're disrupting the flow of society. Unless, you know, we want to think about not having a consumer society anymore. That's a conversation to be had. But I'm pretty sure that that's not where anybody no, nobody wants to, to, to chill on the consumption, try to. Try to be more rational about how we we progress. Nah. Oh yeah, that. I want some more rations for sure. You want more rations, not rationality. But um, you got Amazon workers in Alabama and Alabama. I don't know why I said it like that. In Alabama, uh, unionizing, and that's a very that's a power move right there because Good Amazon has gone has pretty much taken every step they possibly could to terrorize these people in terms of uh, utilizing their employment against them. Giving them bad shifts, closing down facilities to to limit their their uh, places that they can they can work. It, you know, this country's anti worker sentiment, like something's got to give because there's no way in any there's like and and you know they're not perfect, but if you go to Europe, there's no way that a company could take this kind of anti union stance and actions and and survive. They would get dismantled so fast. Like it's you can't you can't empower the corporations that much. Like the attack on on workers and workers' ability to unionize and just collectively bargain and 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 have a voice outside of what they're told. Is this country is like they really fucking hate that shit. Yeah, they specifically went out of their way to get rid of a lot of that. But the thing is, is that you can't. Unfortunately, when you when you give everything to the corporations and the financial and the bureaucratic and the administrative classes, when when you empower them too much, you you become too separated from your your ability to create anything, you know. And and, and unfortunately, our economy has definitely switched over to a mostly service economy. We don't create many things; we provide many services. And it's just I don't think that that kind of economy is going to provide the type of fulfilling jobs that that people are going to to want to live in for the rest of their lives. You know, unfortunately, productive jobs are the kind of jobs that people feel fulfilled in and and dedicate their lives to, not service jobs. It's already happening. America has a huge problem with like depression and mental illness and just general and unhappiness. And and it it comes from a failure to to acknowledge how tied the American persona is into their work and how the hollowing out of of jobs and the oversimplification of every form of labor has had a negative impact on the average American psyche. When your job is constant, when you're in a section of society in which the jobs are constantly being uh, broken down to their simplest part so that they can drive down how much they pay the people to do it, and you're stuck in those jobs without being able to build up the experience and the time uh the time at a company to to merit a higher position and your education has stalled out because of either n- lack of access or or lack of funds you know 
our society is becoming very adept at creating those situations. And in a situation where a person's, you know, personal development is so closely tied to their job, when their identity comes so much from what they do for a living, that's it's it's starting to have negative ramifications on the American psyche. You know, I think that that's and it's not the only thing. I'm not saying that that is these fundamental soul problem. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it is one of many factors that is probably lending to the overall malaise of American society. You know what I mean? Like the, the people need fulfillment. And if we're going to choose to organize, because we choose to organize our society around work. We don't have to. We choose to. And if that's the, the choice that we've made and we're going to stick with, then we have to make work fulfilling. We got to do whatever it takes to do that or else we're going to keep on suffering from these, you know, uh, deaths of despair, I think is what they call them. You know, where people die of depression and drug use and suicide and all of these things at an extremely high rate. But yeah, good luck to those there Amazon workers who have been attempting to unionize in Alabama. All the solidarity to you. Um, definitely going to keep my eye on that because... That'll set a great precedent for the future if they can um, manage to to make some headway. And uh, finally, we'll hit on uh, Kamala issuing her first tie-breaking vote. Now, I do I know I said that there wouldn't be any ties for her to vote on, but this is clearly just a symbolic tie because nobody in their right mind would forestall a stimulus package at this late game in the pandemic. So the fact that the, the that the Senate even went 50-50 is ridiculous. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Because I don't know how many Republicans can actually go to their districts and successfully run the line that we couldn't accept this because it was too much money. I don't think that, that that's going to work on anyone. So the idea that, that oh, look, it was 50-50 because that's how it's always going to vote. No. No, the only reason why it even came to 50-50 is because Republicans knew, hey, I don't have to 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 vote for this for it to pass. So I don't have to piss off any of my Republican colleagues by voting for this because they have enough votes and there's no way in hell that Joe Manchin's going to vote against this. So all the Republicans who if they had to be whipped to vote would have probably voted for this because they needed that for their constituency. No Republican was going to let it fail. So the fact that it went 50-50 was purely symbolic. Okay? This was not a real, like, vote where, you know, Republicans were on the fence. Nobody was on the fence for this. Okay? And so, with that being said, Kamala only symbolically handed down her first 50-50 uh, tiebreaker. Because in the event that it was it was needed that some Republicans would flip, they would have to. They would have to. They can't turn down a, a relief package right now because they, they know they have too many uh, poor constituents and not enough presence from Donald Trump to keep them afloat. You know, their 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 golden boy has been severely silenced and they're all hurting because they don't they don't have that mega horn drowning out the the uh, the, the message of people who are actually saying, hey, you know, we could help you. We could help you. And in 2022, there's an election coming up. If you vote out these Republicans, we can help you. We will help you, even though Democrats are intent on shooting themselves in the foot because they didn't come through with the $2,000 checks. They've been waffling. Yo, I, most of the people I know actually will never will not get 
to even see the stimulus check because they means tested it down to 50 grand. Our good friends, Jeff, Jesus, they don't get to see this shit. And trust me, they aren't living lavishly. They just live in very expensive cities. And so they, yes, they get paid well, but their cost of living is very high. It's commensurate. So you can't means test relief when the cost of living varies with from people in Alabama to people in Silver Lakes. That's not fair. You can't do that. Like, and it's disingenuous to, to, uh, to, to suggest that there should be a means testing like well if you make over 50,000 you make too much but is it's not like 50,000 goes the same length everywhere like the people who make 50,000 usually live in places where 50,000 probably is giving you a lower middle class lifestyle 50,000 isn't a you know what I mean like it's not like that's such a high bar that the, like if you said if you means tested it at $250,000 okay most of the people who are two fifty $250,000 probably don't need it because wherever you live, you can probably survive at very comfortably off of $250,000 a year. Nowhere in America, like maybe in rural Missouri, does, does $50,000 get you a comfortable lifestyle, but not in very many places does that get you a comfortable lifestyle. And so they're only willing to help the poorest of the poor. They're not even willing to help middle-class Americans at all, which is crazy as fuck that the Democrats let that slide. Like, how do you let the Republicans even do that, especially when you're supposedly have the 50-50? Like, they had what they needed in the Senate to make this happen at a reasonable rate for everyone. They chose to let the Republicans drive them down to 50 grand a year that's crazy that's crazy and they're gonna lose a lot of votes they're gonna lose a lot of votes and that's gonna hurt all of the people who i'm talking about who are trying to say in 2022 hey let's you know it's an election year for for midterm elections let's get some of these republicans out and and we will help you we let us prove to you that we can be the better politicians you need they're they're gonna be shot in the foot because all the people who, who who are being looked at right now in the Democratic Party, who, who are supposed to be, you know, upholding all these promises that they made during their elections, Warnock, Ossoff, all these people who said, you want $2,000 checks, vote for us. They looking real stupid right now. Don't forget, they ran in Georgia on $2,000 checks. If you don't, if you think that you're going to turn out Georgia the way that you did in, in 2020 uh, elections with bullshit promises like that, then, hey, you know, maybe you're smarter than me. Maybe you know more about elections than me. But what I i don't think so. I don't think so. I think Democrats are going to have a real shitty time come these 2022 uh, uh, midterms, and it's going to be a referendum. And, and, and as I've been saying, when... When we see the, the the Republican that follows Trump, boy, we're going to be in for it. And I don't know, man. It, it feels it feels like time is ripe to GTFO. <laughs> it feels like like that's the that's the real like staying and fighting doesn't seem to be it. it you know, I like to fight fights worth fighting like that is a thing. And assessing that is part of wisdom. And I just don't know if this is a fight worth fighting because there's only two outcomes. Either you lose or you're terribly maimed. You know what I mean? When you go up against the American system, 
they fuck you up, man. And I don't know if, if people, the good, the you know, the good natured people, the the good intentioned people who are doing the work to try to make this democracy work. I don't know if they deserve the hardships that are going to come from this system. Nope. Because let me tell you, it's going to be demoralizing to see Republicans in a red wave after this this debacle that is the COVID relief um, uh, bill that, that that they're trying to pass. It's going to be crazy. I, I know so many middle-class Americans who are cut off from this, and they are the base. I feel like they are the, the Democratic base that needs to be talked to. And they're just, they're, they're totally being cut off from, from COVID relief. And they're the ones who needed to be courted by, by this. You know, they're the ones who, who, who make up the constituency of people who need this. So, yeah, Kamala came down for her first tiebreaker. It was total theater. And in the end, it was used as theater to, to pretty much validate the, the slim pickings that is this COVID relief bill. And 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 it sucks. And it's and it's not even particularly the amount of the checks that that I find to be particularly egregious. But it was the means testing. It was the and by means testing I mean it was the the cap on income that was put on people who could receive the bill. Carolina was this close to not receiving it. If I made any more money, it would have been over. It was like we wouldn't have gotten it for the household. Like it, it, that's how that's how low the cap is. On people to receive this this COVID relief money. Like, that shit's crazy. That shit's bananas. And now they're putting out this new thing that they're they're trying to pass another bill to give people $3,000 checks for their children to, to compensate uh, for how low the bill was. But I'm like, I think it only goes to married people. And I'm like, wow. Like, like you hey, guys man, are just... In case un- you haven't noticed the pattern... The American government does not like poor people. Yo, they, they have agree. a record of specifically writing laws to make life more difficult for poor people. But it's not even the poor, poor, poor people that they're really shitting on. It's the middle class people they're shitting on. Say, There's a lot of middle class when, From their perspective, you're fucking poor. poor. You feel me? You may be middle class. That shit only means something to you. It only means That's something. That's a distinction that you, you make, feel not me. me. Middle class? You mean not rich? Okay. That's all I needed to know. Thank you. Really, they don't, bro. But yeah, it's it's, it's not about the like really you said. It's about on, theater. It's not about helping. The even if it people. is my own personal distinction, I, I I make that distinction um, for the for a lot of our listeners because I think most of our listeners consider themselves to be at least middle class. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. I'm just and saying, n- never believe the American government's on your side, bro. Never. They really aren't, and that's why that's what surprises me that there's people willing to live their life. Um, beholden to the American government for their necessities. Like, I would, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I'd rather just consider myself dead. Like, I would never, ever, ever consider that the American government is the main beneficiary or the main uh, 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 benefactor to my income. Nah, B. They can't be the, 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 the only people providing my income. That's That's crazy talk. You know, and because, you know, as you said, the government doesn't really care about you. You know, anything that they kick out to you is either going to be taken out, going to be taken back in taxes or it's uh, it's something that they owed you. They really owed you. You know what I mean? Like the government only gives you money when it's also when it's they not really like it's their fucking money. 
It's really not. That, it's not that like crazy it's their part? money. Isn't that the crazy part? It's not like they're like, well, you, you I don't need, I don't want to give Congress. you my money. If I if I help you out with COVID relief, then it's got to come out of my. Nope, that's not the what's crazy happening. part. It's not and you know, what's happening. I, I see people on Twitter who make those comments a lot, and 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 that is such a true statement. It's like, why are Republicans like so stingy with with the people's money? It's ain't your money, nigga. It's not just your money. It's part of your, your money. Like it's your money in the same way as everyone's money. Like why are y'all acting like this? There's no shortage of it. We can print as much of it as we want. Promise you. Promise you. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap on that, guys. Thank you for joining us. You can follow us on the social medias. You can find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast, and you can find me on Twitter at Cree underscore T and at Home Heron. And catch me on Instagram at Rico underscore G Sound. And always remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever will learn from. Have a great one, guys. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Take it easy.